Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Eat earlier for both your health and your waistline. (laughs) New research indicates that eating earlier in the day may be better for your health. In this study, people who ate later in the day were hungrier throughout the day and had lower serum leptin levels, the hormone that regulates body fat. They reported being hungrier twice as often, and research also showed that they burned fewer calories. In addition, they had a stronger preference for foods which may correlate with weight gain, such as starchy foods and fatty meats. So our tendency to overeat higher calorie foods is greater in the afternoon and evening when they're more readily available and with tiredness or stress after a long day may lead to overeating. And yeah, I can see that. And you're and yeah. you're not as typically if you work in a nine to five type job, you're not as yeah. active in the evening. So you're sitting still yeah. and you yeah. and you go to grab those more calorie dense foods. Yeah. So nutritionists recommend planning your meals earlier in the day if you're prone to getting hungry in the evening. You can also feel fuller for longer if you eat foods rich in protein and fiber. High nutritious foods like vegetables, whole grains, and beans are full of fiber, which gives us a feeling of fullness and satisfaction. Additionally, it's recommended to drink plenty of water or other low-calorie beverages in the evening and to avoid late-night snacks. Many meals are recommended for those who can't take time for a meal. Eating a small meal every three to four hours will keep your body satisfied. Snacks are good to keep handy in between those small meals as you work throughout the day to limit your body's call to overeat in the evening. The most important aspect of healthy meal planning is figuring out what works best for you. Depending on the individual, one may do better eating five small meals evenly spaced throughout the day Well, another may do better using an intermittent fasting plan where you commit to eating only during a certain number of hours each day, oftentimes either six or eight hours. It's all about what strategy works best for you and your routine. And if you don't know what that is yet, well, then we encourage you to start today by writing down a plan to provide some additional structure to your eating habits. Considering what eating habits might work better for your overall health is a great step then write down a plan you will stick with for at least two weeks. When that time is drawing close, analyze how it worked for you and make a plan for the next two weeks by breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. No pun intended, Hope. (laughs) You'll find that you're better able to commit to the small steps that will continue pushing you closer to your final goal. So so Graham, what's worked best for you when it comes to... Eating healthy eating. What was yeah? Uh, you know, I the thing that works best for me is the intermittent fasting. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I can easily not eat till 1 p.m. and not really feel hungry. And then if I stop eating by like 7 p.m., that's six hours that I'm eating during the day. And I'll like allow myself to eat whatever I want kind of during Mm -hmm. those six hours. But I think just because I'm not eating for so much of the day, like I, I see myself lose weight that way. So what about you, Hope? Well, you know, because I I work out and lift weights early in the morning like that. Typically, I try to. That's that's works better for me. I don't eat. I, I work out fasted. And then after that, I'm starving. So <laughs> like I just, so like I try to eat um, not long after that. And it really just depends on how hungry I am and how busy I yeah, am because, yeah. you know, I'm a student still too. Right. Um, I'm at my computer a lot. And yep. every time that I forget to eat and then it's not until I'm getting hangry that I remember to eat. So yeah. right now is I'm kind of all over the place yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not really on a plan because I can't really stick to it with my life. At this okay. point, I'm just I'm just eating to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get you. It's easy to fall out of these habits that we kind of yeah. like ideally um, would be setting for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking, you, you mentioned being a student, Hope, uh, would you mind sharing with our listeners your exciting news for today? <laughs> See, this is what happens when you share things off, uh, off <laughs> camera and, uh, and not recording, then they bring it up while you're recording. You're like, oh, I guess I'll say it. All right. <laughs> um, but no, I am, uh, getting my, my first article that I ever wrote, like, for a uh, like publication level article for an academic journal is finally getting published. Yes. So I will officially be a published author. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> much. A scientific breakthrough in using organoids to study the human brain. Organoids have gained a lot of attention in research recently. Organoids are essentially tiny 3D tissue cultures that are derived from stem cells. They're cultured into organ-specific. So what does that mean? Stem cells are cells that divide indefinitely and have the ability to produce different types of cells. For example, organoids can be made to replicate liver cells, brain cells, skin cells, uh, etc. These organoid systems provide an exciting new model for studying human diseases using human cells. One of the exciting applications of organoids is that they can be grown to resemble different parts of the human brain, such as the cortex. However, up until recently, a major obstacle for developing these neural organoid tissues was that they were unable to mature properly in vitro, meaning outside of a living organism. But researchers out of Stanford University have just overcome this obstacle. These researchers have successfully transplanted these human neural organoids into the developing cortex of rats. More importantly, these transplanted human organoids were actually able to influence the rat's behavior. This finding opens up a whole new arena for studying human brain development, maturation, and disease. The process of transplanting human organoids in animals is known as xenografting. In this case, xenografting the human neural organoid into the developing rat cortex provided this growing organoid the physiological support it needed to mature and become functional. This is not the first time this has been done. In fact, human intestinal organoids have been also implanted into rodents with great success. It is the first time, however, that brain organoids have been successfully transplanted. 
For the neuroscience community, this study is a huge deal. The ability to produce mature human neurons that are able to integrate and influence the behavior of the host provides a new mechanism for studying neurological disorders that previously have been difficult to understand. This also provides a new mechanism for testing different drug therapies for human neurological diseases on mice before testing them in humans. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. And uh, I can see applications in a lot of neurological disorders, especially mm-hmm. that affect humans as they age, uh, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and, and these sorts of things. Uh, and possibly even people who've had, you know, injuries, either, mm-hmm. you know, direct blows through the head, uh, repeated concussions, let's say, or just, you know, terrible car accident where they hit their head and or I can see spinal cord injuries uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So certainly I, I can see why the uh, neuroscience community sees this as a huge deal and, uh, and uh, we'll continue to follow the story, obviously. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at hopepickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D R D E R Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your health care providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right.